0: It feels like a super special podcast in a bunch of ways. Um, Kim doesn't know it. Welcome, Kim. (laughs) But actually, you probably do know it. Like so many people in the coaching world have like admired you and your your journey and your story. And like, I'm like, what does Kim have to say? What does Kim have to say? So I feel like for a long time, I just felt like you were a special person. And then I don't even remember what the moment was where I was like, oh, she's a special person who should be on the podcast. And then I jumped over to your website and there was all this work about soul stories and um, overcoming this feeling of being broken and releasing the stuck. And I was like, hmm. Okay, it's time. (laughs) Invite Kim to the podcast. So I like my guests to introduce themselves in whatever way feels good for this day, for this audience. So why don't you tell everyone who you are and then we'll just start chatting about all the things we know and all the things we've learned. And there's never any pressure on this podcast to like come to conclusions or have brilliant endings to release people with. It's just take it where it goes and open-ended discussions are my favorite thing. So
1: I'm Kim Joe. I am a life coach. I am actually a business coach. And recently I've been calling myself an intuitive soul guide. Ooh, yummy. In my (laughs) soul stories program. Um, I'm married to the love of my life. We have a big, crazy blended family with 10 kids. <laughs> um our love story is my favorite.
0: Do you want to feel... drop an element of your love story so people can just connect in? Because uh, now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: We met online. My kids teased me that I found him online. <laughs> um, but we both did it wrong before. Mm. And so we're very intentional about doing it right this time. We know um, what we want. Yeah. We're just really intentional. So,
0: mm. my favorite part of my life. My I married my high school sweetheart, and well, not really. I mean, we weren't really dating in high school, but we were sort of, you know, finding each other, let's just say. Yeah. Um, so, we've been together, we're in our 40s now. So, we've been together forever, basically. And I always was a little jealous of the online dating people because you know me, like I love social media. Like I love online. I'm all over it. So I think I would have loved online dating, but I do love my love story too.
1: (laughs) It it was actually really fun because we got to know each other really well before we ever even met in person. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. We lived in different states. We thought we would never, you know, come to fruition to anything And so he was, I was, he was like my dating consultant, I was dating Mr. Naughty and Mr. Nice and I would talk to him about them. And so it was just, we really shared a lot with each other, Mm -hmm. shared a lot of our stories.
0: Mm -hmm. Amazing. And then you brought all these children together from different geographical areas and made it happen. Wow, wow, amazing. Okay. And that's a story in itself, which yeah. is a story for another day, because
1: but it's it's been a really, really hard thing and a really big blessing.
0: So wow. Wow. So much to share there with the world. I mean, it's like such, such important storytelling, speaking of around blended families. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, um, when you put the word, so, so most people here listening, have a story or multiple stories um well everyone here listening has a million stories but in terms of their abortions they have one or many stories around their abortions and i'm gonna guess that most people who are new to finding the podcast or still haven't really done a lot of the healing work would not use the word soul attached to the word story (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It's more like I have a story and it's deep and dark and I hide it in a box or I have a story and I think I'm supposed to feel good in, about it but I don't really and I don't know what to do with that or I have a story and I hope no one finds out I have a story and I should tell people about it like there's so many things people would say about their stories but what it, what does it mean to you when you pull together the word soul story?
1: So the main concept that I teach throughout my program is that our, we have a dualistic nature. We have our ego, which is the human earthly part of us. And we have what I call our soul. Some people call it different things. Some people call it your higher self, your divine self, your best self, your whatever. But I believe that the soul part of us has always existed. It existed mm-hmm. before we came to the earth and it will exist afterward.
0: Mm.
1: the ego part of us hasn't always existed um but so let's see I believe how did you wait
0: can I ask quick how did you come to that belief have you always had that belief about souls or is that something you developed over the years
1: um some of it came from the religion that I grew up in the soul part of it yeah. What I've learned more in recent years is how is the ego part of it and how separate it is.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think I've always believed and known the soul existed. I've always felt a connection with who I was. Like even in my life, when I was making bad choices, I knew there was a divine mm. central part of me mm. that mm. knew what was right, that was there for me. And there was just this other part of me always pulling me back so that's what i believe that the ego does i think the ego is always fighting for our limitations and it's run by fear whatever you want to name it perfectionism efficiency it's all fear
0: yeah, yeah. and it's
1: all the ego and it's just the ego like trying to pull us back so i b- believe that the soul just is like tethered to the eternal oneness of collective the collective oneness of the universe
0: Mm.
1: and pulls us back because it's always tethered it's always existed it's always
0: inside us I keep looking at the co- my copy of untethered soul I'm like oh you know where I bought have you read it I mean I read it. part yeah. of your work yeah mm-hmm. so I actually bought untethered soul in Dallas at the only LCS mastermind that I've been to the life coach school mastermind I was in the Barnes and Noble after the whole event and that was the book i came home with and i still haven't finished it so it's funny that you're talking about this cuz i've been, i keep i like side-eyeing it all week i'm like oh that book yeah. there's something about that book so now i really need to go read it on my you know add it to my stack of a million other need to go read books but i will link to that the untethered soul and then also my very first and favorite like perspective shifting i don't know like world changing book was um a new earth by eckhart tolle Mm -hmm. and so when you talk about the ego i'm like this is where i like started seeing life in completely new ways when i read that book like everything changed for me i was probably might have been like 30 anyway life-changing book about understanding the ego. Um, yeah. And that it's not us. That's, that's what I want
1: people to understand is like that part that pulls you away is fear. That's not you. You are the person watching that. Yeah. And I say, don't be a neutral observer. I say, be a compassionate observer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like love those parts of you that are, that are afraid, that are sad, that are angry, that are whatever they are.
0: Mm. So in terms of my audience and this podcast, when we're feeling shame, when we're feeling fear or the need to hide or aloneness, actually, um, what other things are we feeling in regards to our abortion that show us we are in ego, which is not like our soul story (laughs) right shame Mm
1: -hmm. i mean for sure so for example the ego would say they are responsible for my suffering everything outside of me and the soul would say i can see that this all of this is here for me for my expansion that's the difference one's externally focused one's internally so the ego would say it's hard to heal my pain is too big i'll always be broken.
0: Mm -hmm. And the soul would say, every
1: single moment is a chance to be born anew.
0: Okay, wait, can we keep going? I like this game. (laughs) The, The ego would say, he made me do it. The soul would say. Oh, let's see. I might have been a, a ringer to start you with. Okay. Look, yeah. I, I, know, I, I, but I can I mean, play the game with you too. And we, but, the, and we the can this just, one
1: would say something like, it, it's always my choice. Yeah. It's always my
0: choice. I know. I know. I think so too. I think so too. Okay. The ego would say, um, it's not fair. It would be something about a tear for your highest good. Yeah. Ugh two of my favorite words put together highest good because they don't always it doesn't mean it makes sense I, I like
1: probably I, would even say how is it here for your highest good oh <laughs> you
0: know it's not fair how is it here for my highest good
1: mm, so good and, but probably um, maybe at first it would say you're
0: right it's, it's not, not fair, fair. yeah Ooh, so true. So true. Okay, let's play some more. I like this game. (laughs) Um, The ego would say, um, oh, here's one a lot of my people say. uh, I like, I'm just gonna use the word ruined. I don't know if it's right. I ruined my only chance. Like that, like I basically broke my fertility. (laughs) And the soul would say. Before you
1: said about fertility, I was gonna say that now, now is the only moment that matters.
0: Oh, yeah. It's the same still. Yeah. Before or after the word fertility. Yeah. Which we're recording when, when we talked a little bit before recording, which I don't usually do with guests, but because um, then I forget what we were talking about before yeah. recording and what we were talking about after. Um, We were talking about the question, now what, which is one of my favorite questions. I think Kim had asked it and I said, yes, that's one of my favorite questions, but yeah, all we have is the present moment. So now what?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, there are hard things that happen in all of our lives. Some that happen to us and some that we choose, but at some point you have to wake up and be like, at this moment, this is where I am. It is what it is. I've done what I've done. Now what? Like, yeah. what's next? Yeah. And don't be afraid of it because guess who gets to choose? You. Mm. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: We get to decide what's next.
0: And it's super powerful to realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you got into this work because there's some pain in your past. There's some um things that have happened to you choices you've made that led you here to be able to to pave the way and lead this whatever lead this path um for other people who feel broken by their pain broken by their past broken by their darkness um do you want to talk about that a little bit like how did you get here how did this work come into your life
1: Yeah, I've always kind of had a story of being broken. Mm. I've had a lot of things that happened to me throughout my life. It started when I was five. I was sexually abused by a babysitter. I didn't know what to do with that at that time. Like it opened stuff in me that I was not old enough to handle. Um, That little girl often felt afraid. She worked really hard to prove that she was smart Mm. and that she was still worth loving. Mm -hmm. To escape her confusing feelings, she spent her entire life in books, Mm. which became one of the most powerful gifts in my life. It made me super smart, Mm. made me able to figure anything out. So what I did, like, slowly as I looked at my past stories, beginning with that one, I found the strengths in every single one. Mm. And I saw that the things that I love the most about myself today came from all of those hard things.
0: Mm.
1: Some that happened to me, lots that I chose. Yeah. It just strength after strength after strength. Um, I'm trying to think what other what other examples I could give you. Um, that little girl who was really damaged grew into a teen who was way too hard to handle.
0: Mm.
1: So my parents put me in foster care. Mm. That was way too hard for me to handle.
0: hmm
1: and um, I eventually ended up going back home. And then I eventually ended up homeless when I was 16 years old, like r- lots of really, really hard things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I did lots of things during that time that I was homeless for my safety. It was the middle of winter to have a place to sleep at night. I ended up sleep, like staying at a drug house. Lots of really, really, really hard things happened there.
0: Yeah.
1: And I had a house loving house (laughs) a mile away I could have gone home to and I didn't choose to and I beat myself up for that over and over and over I'm like why would I choose to live in that like literal depravity with horrible things happening every single day but I I literally think in that moment that was what felt safe to me that was what the Mm -hmm. safe choice felt like Yeah. Whoa. Until it didn't. And and when it didn't was on New Year's Eve, I was dating a guy. He overdosed, shot up with heroin, died. And the next day I went home because it no longer was the safer choice.
0: It suddenly
1: had become less safe.
0: Yeah. Uh, That feels really important to talk about when in our moment, in the truth of who we are and whatever crazy journey we're on that we can't always make sense of, the choice that we're making that feels like the safe choice doesn't make logical sense anywhere else. Like, so a lot of people listening to this podcast, Come to abortion because they are not in safe situations they're in abusive relationships or um they have had some kind of assault or they um you know whatever like birth control didn't work the way they wanted it to but somehow they landed in this place and in a moment like I'm still trying to figure this out, but like in a moment the safest choice was abortion and that's why they picked it. And then they look back and they're like, basically like I had the house a mile away. Why didn't I go there? Like, but for a lot of people, it's my intuition said, keep that baby. Why didn't I go there? Um. How do we look back and honor that part of ourselves that was making the safe choice? But when we look back, we're like, that wasn't the safe choice. That was a terrible choice. Am I making any sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that. A lot of people come to me and they say, I feel like I was someone else.
1: You were someone else. That's yes. the problem is <laughs> we are looking at it from today's perspective and lens. Yes, but you can't, you have to look at it from that perspective and lens. And like, I, I teach a self-love process. Like people always say, love yourself more. And, but I'm like, how, so how I teach people is literally when something gets triggered in you, like we have pieces and parts of us that get fractured off. That's like a conversation for another day, probably. (laughs) But when something gets triggered in you, I literally look at it as a sacred opportunity to meet a part of yourself. And all you need to do, like I say, put your hand on your heart. Mm. Think of that person. Often we know which part of us is triggered. Like Mm -hmm. I've done so much work on that little five-year-old. She's good. She doesn't get triggered very often, but my teen Mm -hmm. is all up in my business (laughs) (laughs) all the time. But I I literally just put your hand on your heart. Like literally I picture stepping into like a a portal, like a bubble of light. Just Mm -hmm. me and her. Yeah. I don't need to fix her. I don't need to think what I'm thinking. I don't need to change my thoughts. I literally just need to send her love, ask her how I can serve her, what she needs. What does she want to say? Like, what is this feeling that she is stirring up in me? What message does it have for me? Mm -hmm. Those pieces and parts of us that have been fractured off, all they need is to be seen. Mm. all they need is to be seen and loved like give the love to that little five-year-old that I didn't get because I
0: couldn't use my voice to say someone hurt me yeah Mm. a sacred opportunity I think this is what you said at least that's how I wrote it down and I just love it a sacred opportunity to meet a part of yourself yeah oh is that the journey of life just honoring and putting together all the parts
1: so that's all the tough emotions are like their feedback and saying hey look at me look at this part then you Mm -hmm. look at it and it relaxes a little it'll come up again yeah but like after a while your whole system just feels so much Mm. better
0: okay my brain is coming back to the word soul stories because I I don't know enough about your work to know like <laughs> again and and I I took us on a tangent after I asked you what what it meant to you, but my brain is coming back to those words soul stories because all these parts like there's all these stories right but your soul is the thread in all the stories. Mm-hmm. And so this journey of just putting all the pieces back together and understanding how they were in the highest good is the work. Yeah. Just gathering. Like the just gathering gra- of all oh. the pieces. Of, the gathering yeah. and
1: loving of all the pieces and parts of you is all that it is.
0: And that's how we move from feeling broken to feeling whole again. Yeah, and the problem is we look for that outside of ourselves and it can't
1: come from outside of ourselves. It has to come. We are the only ones who know every single thing we've been through. Yeah. We're the only ones who can love ourselves the way we need to be loved.
0: So it has Ooh. to come from outside. We are the only ones who can love ourselves the way we need to be loved. Um, what age are your kids? Your combined beautiful home <laughs> of children? <laughs> my baby is 18 and our oldest, we have two that are 29. So 18 to 29. Yeah. So my oldest is 17. And like, she just popped into my head as soon as, as soon as you said those words, like when you are parenting, I think harder parenting as they get older and, and remembering that, that you can love them in all the ways you know how, but they are the only ones who can love themselves the way they need to be loved. Yeah. And teaching them there's that
1: part of them that does love them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just keep reminding them she's in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't know she was in there. I hated myself my whole life
0: mm-hmm.
1: until I didn't, until I figured out until that
0: I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. What was the journey that took you to I didn't? Well, I mean, it's a very long journey. It's always, yeah. always layered, but like, what was the big shift moment for you? Two things.
1: I did some strengths work, I did the strengths finder test. Mm. And what it told me was what I already knew I was good at. But what it gave me was permission to stop proving it.
0: Mm. I could
1: stop proving I was smart, stop proving I was organized, stop proving I was strategic. Like, those things just are. And when I stopped proving those, I found emotional skills. I like, I literally didn't even know how to feel my body or my emotions or anything. Mm. So that was really powerful. That was really a shift for me. And what I did then I tried to stop living in my head and only live in my heart. That didn't work either. Like I needed them both. That's when I kind of started doing the study of like the ego and the soul. And, and then I found, I thought about the thing the idea that my soul has always existed through all those stories. So she has wisdom about all those stories. Yeah. So I went back and started looking at them. And when I saw them in black and white, I was like, I'm not broken, I'm a badass. (laughs) Like I overcame that and overcame that and overcame that. So like, I'm writing a book this year and my working title is Badass Not Broken. Oh, so good. That's what I realized. I was like, I'm not broken. And then I, I heard a quote something, I don't I even, mean, I should find it because I'll butcher it, but it was something about like trauma does break your brain or change your brain or something, but healing does too. Ooh. And I was like, okay, because I had thought I just had this broken brain that I had to now figure out how to manage.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: like, maybe I don't maybe there's that healing is possible and that's when I started looking at my stories and like I've learned so many different healing modalities that have just literally changed my life so I can't not share them with people you Mm -hmm. know and then since then I've done human design work and like my human design life purpose literally talks about helping people transform their stories (laughs) of course it does (laughs) it's like
0: so powerful. Yeah. yeah I just so good. Yeah. I think we have this misconception. So many of us have this misconception that, um, at that moment of breaking, when we become broken, that it's a permanent thing that can't be changed and somehow healing is not a permanent thing that sticks. Like, I don't know why this is why we believe this, but it feels really evident to me, like hearing you talk, just remembering that like healing forever changes us as much as the hard stuff forever changes us.
1: And it's also a practice. Like I do think that healing is a lifelong practice, mm-hmm. but once you start it, it's literally so addicting. You want to do it. Mm-hmm. I can't go a day without meditating. I love it so much. <laughs> you know, there are just that I, that I love so much because they've changed my life. And they just, what they do, the reason I love them is they, because they reconnect me with my soul. Yeah. They remind me who I am. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Is, right, you yeah. can't stop. <laughs> 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 um, okay. Is there anything, I mean, I just invited you onto the podcast because I felt like you had brilliant words to share with the audience, which you you have. Um, But was there anything that you felt like you came to the show wanting to talk about or that has come up since we've been talking that you think someone in this audience needs to hear, wants to hear?
1: I think it's just really powerful to look at each individual story and find the strength in them. There, there's always strength in every single story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it doesn't mean that you have to change the story to be pretty to find the strength. The story can still be ugly.
0: Uh, can you talk more about sister. that? Um, That's another huge misconception is that we have to turn it around and make it look beautiful and make it feel like we have to make it pretty before we can love it or live it. or, um, Yeah. Um, do you have an example in your, in a story in your life that you, that isn't pretty and you still like have found that peace with it? Um,
1: I mean, I guess even just that example of my five-year-old who spent, like, I literally had a lot of secrets and I didn't know what to do with them. And I spent a lot of time alone. Hmm. Um, but I spend a lot of time reading. I was, it, I think it made me super smart, really inquisitive. I could, I literally can read anything and figure it out. So like that was a gift and a strength that came from that. Um, I think another one is like, I've made a lot of wrong choices in my life, like lots. But because of it, I have so much compassion for other people making wrong choices in their life.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking to it when you still use the word wrong, like you yeah. still define them as wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of answering the question in, it, in itself is like, we don't have to define them as right choices mm-hmm. to do the healing work we can still define them as wrong choices. Someone else might not define them as wrong choices. I mean, this is like the ultimate abortion story, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we talk about this a lot, um, or I talk about this a lot, particularly with, you know, certain clients, but many do regret their abortions and, and, and own them as wrong choices and still heal. So I think that is... I think when you described, you have made a lot of wrong choices. Like that is it. It's like you—they can still be wrong to you, yeah. and you can heal.
1: I think somewhat it's part of owning your own back by saying it was a wrong choice. Yeah,
0: that I'm is how I have so my proud back that
1: I made it. But mm. now what? <laughs> like we said before, like at some point you have to. You can like sit there and beat yourself up forever, and it does nothing. It does nothing to make it a better choice. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, it is what it is. Here's where I am today. Today, this very instant is the only thing I can do anything about. So now what?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like defining them as wrong choices doesn't make them baggage. It just makes them part of the soul story.
1: And some of it, we're we're labeling labeling it wrong with our current perspective that's wiser and has more experience and knows knows better, you know? But like, I believe that every choice I made was the loving choice in that moment.
0: Yeah. So if that's the case, maybe it wasn't wrong. I know. I, well, wrong. Everything is wrong and right at the same time. Yep. Everything is healed and broken at the same yep. time. So all this is what I mean by like, none of these conversations have any clarity because the truth is there like is no clarity. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the whole point is like coming to terms with just the the everything of it all. Um, but but I do still think like hearing you, you know, if we rewinded back and heard you said I've made a lot of wrong choices, like it didn't feel like it's it just had a very loving piece of it. So like, yeah, they were wrong and they were right and they just were. The point is that they just were, (laughs) but um, yeah, I think we can still define them as wrong if we want to. And unless you feel like there's anything else that someone listening needs to hear, um, go ahead and share that or tell us where we can find more of you and do more of this beautifully healing, clear, unclear life of being human. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to st-
1: just end by saying that like I know how it feels to be broken because I spent my life telling the story about why I was. Yeah. So that's what I want you to be oh. really aware of what stories you're telling. I told the story forever that I was broken, but I wasn't broken and neither are you. Mm-hmm. Nobody is broken. Mm-hmm. Nothing that you chose, nothing that you did, nothing that happened to you broke you. It was the story that was broken, not you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite things to do with the thought model is to change the T line to the S line and
0: call it the story, because that's all it is. Uh, yeah, the story. Beautiful. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just be
1: really aware of what stories you're telling to yourself and to others, because they matter. They matter. They create your life. Uh, so. Um, you can find me at coachandkim.com. That's my business website. You'll find Soul Stories in the menu or um, on Instagram at Kimberly J Coaching. Nice. So
0: I'm a big fan of Instagram. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, for having me. Another good episode in the books. And um, yeah, until next week. Okay, thanks.